0: Founders fate, Startup Superchar. Today, I want to talk to all of you about building a startup and most importantly, what you need to know to survive. We all know the economy is tough right now. It's been harder than ever to launch a company. What do you need to do to actually break through with your ideas, get funding, and grow a business that has a long life ahead of it? The first thing I tell every entrepreneur is don't fear death. Like if you are afraid that your startup will fail, then I can almost guarantee you, you will never be a unicorn. Because to become a unicorn, you have to take huge risks. If you do not take risks, if you do not push the boundaries, you will never break through. So entrepreneurs in tough economic times tend to pull back. They're afraid of spending too much money. They're afraid of taking risks. They're afraid of trying something out that isn't proven. If you do that, you are ensuring that you will remain a small startup. Maybe you'll grow slowly, but you will never have the rapid hyper-growth that you need to break through and really change an industry. The most important thing I tell entrepreneurs to focus on at the beginning is your team. Don't waste time raising money. Don't waste time building a product. Don't waste time figuring out a marketing plan. What you need to spend 85% of your time on at the very beginning is your team members. Who are you going to work with? I will tell you, if you pick good people to work with, people you think are competent and capable, you will never, never break through. You will never change your industry. You don't want good people. You need great people. If you aren't surrounded by great people, great engineers, great designers, great marketers, you will never be able to build a great product. Good people build good products and good products go nowhere. Because nobody wants a good product. We are all going to gravitate towards the very best products. And the way to get there is to start with a great team. That means it may be slower. You may have to spend more time looking for just the right people you should partner with. And if you can't find them, don't start. In fact, I tell people, your idea doesn't matter. Nothing else matters. How much money you have doesn't matter. Where you are in the world doesn't matter. The people matter. If you have the right people, everything else can work out. You can change locations. You can raise capital. You can change your product ideas. You can come up with new ideas. But without those people, you will never go anywhere. Only the best survive. Now, it's tough times. Economy is tough. People are struggling. Startups, especially at the early stage, are having trouble gaining traction and raising capital. Well, you have to understand, if you aren't committed to being the very best, you are crippling yourself. Entrepreneurs come up to me quite often and they say, Captain Hoff, Captain Hoff, I have a company. Will you invest? And I turn to them and say, are you going to be number one? And a lot of times they'll say, no, no, no. We'll we'll probably be number two or three. If they say this, I walk away. I don't invest. Because seriously, If you are going to succeed in your industry and you tell me you're going to be number two or three, that means you're going to be number nine or 10. And nine or 10, it's death. Nobody cares about nine or 10. It's really only the ones who are number one and two that matter. And one is worth exponentially more than number two. So I am looking for entrepreneurs who tell me I will be number one. And not only tell me it, they believe it and they can show me a path to how they're gonna get there. They can explain how they are going to dominate their market. If they aren't gonna dominate their market, I'm not an investor. I'm a venture capitalist. Venture capitalists want exponential growth. Exponential growth requires you to dominate your competitors, to put them out of business, to take over their business. If that's not your mindset, forget it. How are you different? So it's one thing to say you're the best but it's another thing to show it. So as an entrepreneur, you have to show venture capitalists what makes you different. Literally, if you are similar to all the other competitors, you will never dominate them. Companies that are similar, they they have to compete. And usually the only way they can compete is on price. They have to lower their price. As soon as you lower your price, you are lowering your margins. When you lower your margins, you literally lower your profit that slows down your growth. We want businesses that have defensible high margins. Those are margins that are big, and if competitors move in and try to copy you, they can't do it. You have to figure out what makes you different, What is your special advantage? What is the thing that people can only get from you and nowhere else? This could be your barriers to entry, could be technology, they could be brand, they could be uh, uh, understanding of process, they can be all sorts of things, patents, trademarks. You need to know what keeps your moat, a moat around your business that nobody else can penetrate. That is your difference. And you need to understand the value you are giving customers that they can't give you because you have this moat. If you don't know that, you go back to the drawing board, rethink your business. Don't try to raise venture capital until you figured it out. Doing a startup means constant challenges, constant disasters, things I've done three venture-funded startups myself in Silicon Valley and two bootstrapped startups. So I'm an entrepreneur. I know how tough it is. I know that every time you think you have it figured out, something goes wrong. Something doesn't go according to plan. Well, your mindset is really important. If you look at every disaster as a disaster it's going to kill you. It's gonna give you a heart attack. It's gonna make being an entrepreneur no fun. The entrepreneurs who succeed not only change their industry, but they also change their brain. They begin to understand that how they look at the world creates the reality they live in. And you need to look at every disaster, everything that goes wrong as a challenge, a new challenge where you can step up and prove yourself, prove that you are worthy to be a CEO, Take on this challenge and feel rewarded by conquering it. So challenges, prob- challenges, things that go wrong in your business, things that are unexpected, things where you are losing money, those are what makes a great entrepreneur. And if you want to be a great entrepreneur, embrace them because they are going to come no matter what. And embrace them and actually relish the chance to conquer them. Don't count on VCs. A lot of entrepreneurs say, if I only had the money, I would be successful. They've come up to me and they say, if you can give me a million dollars, I'll be successful. And I look at what they have and the reason they aren't successful, the reason no one is giving them money is because they haven't figured it out. Honestly, if you figure out your customers, you figure out the core value you can give them that nobody else can, and you grow this business, you will succeed whether venture capital gives you any money at all. In fact, many of the great businesses out there have actually bootstrapped themselves. They actually grew with just angel funding, no venture capital funding, or funding from family and friends. There are businesses that are now multi-billion dollar businesses, like Salesforce.com, where Mark Benioff, the CEO, literally had to bootstrap it. People didn't believe that cloud computing was the future. They didn't believe in Salesforce's model. He changed the entire industry without the support of VCs. Airbnb, when they were trying to launch their model. Most VCs said, no, it's crazy. Nobody's going to invite strangers into your home. They had such a hard time raising money. They had to bootstrap it at the beginning. Don't count on venture capitalists. Focus on your business. Venture capitalists will come running after you when you figure out your business. Don't go running after them. Money is time. Literally every day you spend, is valuable. You have to treat every day as precious. I had an entrepreneur I was working with. He literally came to Founders Space and he said, Captain Hoff, you know, look at my plan. And I looked at his plan and it was genius. It was brilliant. It was this new device. And I said, wow, this guy is great. He sold a company before. He has a fantastic team. He has a vision of the future. And then I went out and I said, I'm gonna introduce you to investors. Like, I'm in on this company. You know, this is, I believe in this company. You're part of our startup accelerator. I want you to go 100%. So I began introducing him to investors. But before I did, I looked at his valuation and the valuation was really high. Like he put a premium. He was asking for a very high valuation for his startup at a very early stage. And I said, you know, you gotta cut this valuation in half or lower possibly lower because you'll never get this valuation in the market today and he's like no i don't believe you like we're worth it we are worth it And i said well i'll introduce you to some investors and you listen to what they say i introduced them to several investors they all said what i said company seems great they want to invest but the valuation is too high and you know what he did you know what he did he did nothing he didn't listen. He, he thought, I have more time. I have more time. And literally, he wasted a year and a half. And a year and a half later, I stopped introducing him to investors when he wouldn't change his value, valuation. A year and a half later, he came back to me and he was like, I got funded. I got funded. And I said, great, you got funded. What was the valuation? And he told me the valuation, and it was exactly what I told him to price it at originally. So he wasted a year and a half. Competitors entered the market. He had no longer had the first starter advantage. He was behind, actually, the competitors. The market had moved on. And literally, um, he could have closed that same money at the same valuation much earlier. But he didn't value his time. Time is money. Valuation isn't as important as moving fast. Stick to your plan. I have lots of entrepreneurs come to me and I look at their plan and I look at what they're doing and I say, you know, you need to change. And they're like, no, 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 we have to stick to our plan. Why do you have to stick to your plan? Well, investors, angels gave us money. They want us, you know, we promised them we would do this. And I'm saying, well, this doesn't work. It's... It's not working what you're, look, it won't work for this reason, this reason, and this reason. You need to scrap the plan. You need to pivot. You need to move in a different direction. And they refuse to do it. Look, I'm not telling you to believe one person, right? But ask around if you, from independent people, people who have not already bought into your plan, people have no stake in your company and ask them to look at your plan. Do they believe in it? Do they have good reasons it won't work? Can you counter those reasons? If you can't counter the reasons it won't work, you need to change your plan. And really good entrepreneurs, are always changing their plan. They are always adjusting. Sometimes it's small adjustments. Sometimes it's a major pivot. But they're always changing directions because the world is dynamic. It's not static. You're always getting new information, learning about what the world is, what your customers want. New technologies are coming out. If you aren't constantly changing your plan, you are dooming your company. Hope is not a strategy. I know entrepreneurs out there when they're struggling when things aren't going well they sometimes they just hope they hope that if they keep doing what they're doing things will get better well i have never in my life seen an entrepreneur succeed through hope by continuing to do the same thing over and over and over when it's not working if what you're doing isn't working you need to give up hope on that and refocus on something else ask for help. You know, you get stuck and and things aren't working and it's really hard. Your company doesn't feel like it's going to survive. You're under a lot of pressure. Don't do it alone. Go outside your company, outside the circle that you've surrounded yourself with. Go to new people and ask them for help. Humble yourself. Tell them the truth. Say, we're struggling. Things are really hard, but I need your advice. You have experience I don't have. You may see things I don't see. How would you, if you were in my shoes, change my business? These people can be advisors, smart people in the industry. They can be venture capitalists or potential investors. Instead of asking for their money, ask for their help. You would be surprised. People who help you are much more likely to give you money. Like if they give you their ideas and they start to believe in what you could do, not what you're doing now, your chance of success is so much greater in the future. If you are stuck, the best person to ask for help in the world, the number one person you should ask for help from, your customers. Go to your customers. Ask them, hey, you know, you're using our products. What do you like about them? And why aren't you buying more? What would we need to give you to get you excited, to get you to give us uh, you you know your business. What can we do that nobody else is doing? Go to your customers. They are your best source of help, and they can transform your business. Technology isn't a business, so you know I work with entrepreneurs in the high tech field. So we expect entrepreneurs who come to us to be using the latest technology. We don't expect them to have developed it. A lot of times they're taking technology other people have developed, but using it in new ways, which is really important. Entrepreneurs are not inventors. They are innovators. They take and apply technology to problems. The technology itself honestly doesn't matter. I don't care if you have a zillion patents, if you've invented this technology, if you spent millions of dollars and years working on it. It doesn't matter. What I care about is what you're going to do with that technology for customers. I only care about the end result with customers. What do customers get out of your technology? What is the value you are creating for them that other people aren't creating? If you can show me that, then your technology has value. If you can't show me that, you have technology that is maybe brilliant technology, but is worthless in the marketplace. Think big. Every entrepreneur needs to get outside their bubble and think big. You need a big business. If you're going after venture capital, if you're going after uh, money like like mine, I want you to be thinking of changing your entire industry, not just a little piece. You need to think big. Elon Musk says he's going to Mars. You know, know, he also says he he was going to change the entire auto industry. He's doing both. (laughs) Like, he's literally thinking big. Great entrepreneurs think big. But- Thinking big is not always enough. A lot of times, you need to start small. Now, this is counterintuitive. A lot of the biggest ideas sound great. Like, it sounds great. You say a big idea, it sounds like, oh my God, you know, you're going to change the world. But the beginning of that idea actually started very small. Let me give you an example. I know the founders of YouTube. You know, I've met them, super smart guys. But when they started their startup, they were doing something that didn't work at all they were doing a video dating site. Video dating! (laughs) And, you know, we all know today that really nobody likes to date on video with somebody they haven't known. They want to chat and then they want to meet them in person, but they don't want to date over video. Well, they thought it was the early days of the internet. Video dating was a brilliant idea. It was a big idea. Everybody would date by video because you could do that now on the internet. However, they quickly found out that their business didn't work. Customers were leaving. They couldn't retain customers. It was a dying business. And then they threw a party. Because what do you do when your company is failing? You throw a party with your friends. So they threw a party and they shot a bunch of video in the party. And then they wanted to share it with their friends. And they're like, how do we share this? There's no way to share it. And they thought, well, we have a video dating site. We could upload it to the dating site and share a link. And our friends could download it from the link or watch it from the link. Boom! Their friends loved it. And all of a sudden, out of this simple, small idea of sharing a video through a link on the internet, they suddenly realized people want this. And not only will they share the links, but they will upload their videos to our servers. That makes our servers the repository for all these videos. And what happens when people want to watch these videos? They have to come to us. Hence, YouTube was born. They didn't come up with the big idea at first. We're going to create the biggest broadcast video network online in history. They didn't come up with that. They came up with the small idea of sharing a link. And I will tell you, every startup, you know, all these great startups, you hear that they have the big idea, but the big idea started usually, usually, most of the time with a small idea. You know, Twitter Microblogging. They were a podcasting company, and then they just started to experiment. Yelp. They didn't know that rating uh, the reviews, the five star reviews, would be the big thing that made Yelp a hit. They actually, it was an afterthought for them, adding the reviews. Groupon. When they exploded, they they were actually a site for doing charity, charity organizing, charity work, social work online, selling goods was, was something they weren't even thinking of. The list goes on and on. Even Google. Google. You know, their original idea was they were doing a nonprofit allowing academics, you know, professors to find research papers online. It was only later after they built the algorithm that they understood they understood, wow, this isn't a small idea. This isn't a nonprofit. It's a huge idea that's going to change the entire internet and the world. So don't always start with the big idea. Sometimes look very small. Small teams. You know, Jeff Bezos, the founder of Amazon, has a rule. If you cannot feed your team with two pizzas, two pizzas, the team is too big. You know, I like to see teams that are five people, four people, three people, small, small teams. You get a bigger team and actually... you don't have better ideas because when you're a small team, you're all equal. You're all able to speak up. As soon as you get a bigger team, you get a hierarchy. There's a boss. There's, there's, you know, structure. You, it actually cripples you. You actually move slower. Small teams move really fast. You can try one idea. It doesn't work. You try another idea, start small, small teams, small scope. You know, it's very tempting when you think of an idea, to I wanna build it out and I wanna add this feature and this feature and this feature. The more features you add, actually, the slower you move because it takes a lot of time to add these features and the less you will be able to actually understand your customer. I will tell you, most customers buy a product for one reason, one reason, it does one thing that they can't get anywhere else. If you start adding all these features, it gets really confusing for the customer. They don't know what the core value is. Also, getting it to market and changing that, iterating on it, which is the core process of innovation, slows way down. Keep the scope. Focus only on the most essential piece of your business, the piece that creates the most value and leave everything else out. Take that to market. Figure out if your assumptions are true or not. Small budgets. You bigger. I've seen startups that have out of the gate Raise 10 million, 20 million, 100 million dollars. You know, that usually doesn't help them because what it does is it actually constrains them. As soon as they get a lot of money, they start ramping up development, they hire more people, they get locked in a path. And I will tell you, innovation is not about being locked in a path, especially at the beginning. You want small budgets, just enough money to barely test out your idea, get it to marketplace, understand what your customer wants. That Those are the successful businesses because too much money means too many people, means the people aren't able to, it's hard to change a, a big group of people. It's easy to change a small group, a nimble group with a little money forces you to be creative. You have to think creatively. How can we do this on no budget? Oh, we can't pay for a huge marketing survey. We have to go out and directly talk to our customers. We have to build the minimum thing possible because we don't have a lot of money. We can't build a big product. We have to build a small product and get it to market. Small budgets, go with small teams, go with starting small, with small ideas that grow into big, big businesses. Small time. In in your company, you want to compress the time between iterations. Make it as small as possible. So basically, every time you make a change to your idea, to your product or service, you want to take it out into the market, test it, get feedback, adjust it, make another change, take it out into the market. The faster you make this loop, I call it the innovation loop, the faster you speed this up, the smaller the time between iterations, the bigger chance of success you will have. The companies that really break through in innovation are always looking to cut the time. Can we get the next iteration of our product out in a week? Not a month, not six months, not a year, a week. If we can do that and keep doing it over and over and over and learning each time we do it, success, innovation is not about what you build. It's about what you learn, what you learn about your customers, what you learn about the marketplace, what you learn about the product itself, learning is the thing. And the way you learn faster is by keeping the time small and iterating. Failure is the process. If people tell you don't fail, they are giving you the wrong advice. Look, innovation, when you are innovating as a startup, you are failing over and over and over again until you get it right. In fact, you have to embrace failure. You have to love failure because really you're running experiments. You, are, you have all these ideas, you're building the minimum possible thing, you're putting it into the marketplace and you're figuring out this doesn't work, that doesn't work, and you're making changes and going back in and failing again over and over and over. You're never gonna break through with a new big idea that nobody else has done if you aren't failing. <laughs> in the process. You need to fail, 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 learn, 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 learn. And that is a path to success. Challenge your beliefs. So no matter what you believe today, no matter you, no, no, what you think, I will tell you some of what's in your head is wrong. Like you can even have a successful company. You can be making lots of money. You can be on top of the world and you still have ideas about your business that aren't true. And you know why? Because the world is constantly changing. It's never the same. Everything is changing. New technologies are coming out literally every day. New markets are changing. Trends are changing. Consumer behavior is changing. Business needs are changing. All of this is constantly changing. So whatever you believe is by definition, outdated. And what you need to do to succeed, to really, truly innovate is to constantly challenge your beliefs. List everything you think is true and then go out and see if it's really true. Like it probably isn't true. A lot of those things aren't true. And if you find them out before your competitors, that's how you innovate. That's how you stay competitive. That's how you stay ahead. Now, let me wrap this up. With one critical question. When should you quit? It's the hardest decision any entrepreneur makes. You know, you put your life, your soul, your money, your, your hopes and dreams into this company, years of your life, and it's not working. When should you quit? I've had entrepreneurs come up to me after they've, you know, literally spent all their money. They've spent, you know, Years on this product, and they ask me. They say, "Captain Hoff, should I quit? Should I quit this? Or you know, I this I've put everything into this. You know what I tell them, and I say the same thing every time. I don't even need to hear more. You know what I say? Should you quit? Yes, absolutely. Quit today. Quit right now. Whatever you're doing is not working. You need to go a new direction. And you know." usually they don't listen to me, but it is the truth. And you know why it's the truth? Because no entrepreneur wants to quit. If you're an entrepreneur, the last thing you want to do is give up on your business. You believe in this. You've sunk everything into this. The only reason they're coming to me is because they already know it's not working and they are asking permission to move on. Great entrepreneurs quit all the time in fact they quit early they figure out something doesn't work and they quit they're on to the next thing they figure out it doesn't work they quit they're on to the next thing they only go where the data leads them where the basically the facts lead them if the facts of your business are that it's growing slow or it's shrinking or it's not growing at all and you have tried what you need to try to make that business go give it up great businesses grow like crazy Bad businesses, you feel like you're Sisyphus, pushing a boulder up a hill and it rolls back down. Push it up a hill and it rolls back down. If you push that boulder up and down the hill 50 times, move on, quit what you're doing. Don't give up though, don't give up. Quit what you're doing and start something new. I'm Captain Hoff, CEO of Founderspace, the leading global startup accelerator. I'm also author of the award-winning book Make Elephants Fly, Surviving a Startup, and The Five Horses.